From the ESPN studios at Pier 17 in the Seaport District of New York City, this is Greeny with Mike Greenberg on ESPN Radio. You can also listen and watch the show on the ESPN app. Yes! So crazy right now. 10 o'clock on a Friday in NYC. What is going on, everybody? Dan Grassa in for Greeny today. Right here on 98.7 ESPN. Two big hours. Sports talk conversation at 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Anthony Pusick, Ray Dinahan. They're along for the ride producing the program today. We'll take it right up until Barton Hahn at noon on a busy, jam-packed football Friday. Of course, you got playoff baseball. Yankees are going to be in action here in a few hours. Finally, I mean, the Yankees play like one game a week. So it's nice to see them go out there and earn their pay a little bit later on today in a, you know, what amounts to a big game. I mean, they're all big games once you get into the postseason. Somebody should have told the Mets last weekend, but neither here nor there. But this is a big one if you're the Yankees because you want to take hold of this series. You want to make it as difficult as possible for Cleveland, have them go home with zero margin for error. And it's going to be up to Nestor Cortez and those bats trying to see if they can solve Shane Bieber over in the Bronx coming up a little after 1 o'clock. And it depends, you know, if you could get a chance to get out at the stadium, you know, a little lunch hour, a little lunch hour at the ballpark. If you could finagle that and make it happen, you know, even more better. But you're going to have a little bit of a hybrid crowd, I think, because, you know, when the game was scheduled yesterday, you know, people couldn't necessarily rearrange their lives. And if you have plans and if you're doing things and you can't sneak out to go catch a one o'clock game on a Friday afternoon, it's understandable. And I was even saying this last night, like, you know, when that game starts today and if you're watching it on TV, you're going to see all empty seats behind the plate. That place is going to be completely empty. And that's why early on, I think if you're the Yankees, you don't want to give Cleveland an opportunity to maybe gain some confidence, maybe get a little bit of a head start on this game, because I don't think you're going to have that typical postseason environment like you would ordinarily at a first pitch in that ballpark. So we got a lot of things to get to here today. We'll do some NFL picks before the show is through. And as always, you can get me on Twitter at Dan Grasa, G-R-A-C-A. But be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Call us at 800-919-ESPN. That's 800-919-3776. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Um... You know, this is an interesting game here. And when you see the playoffs and the way that they've kind of played themselves out here, at least in this second round, you know, the Astros yesterday, once again, they came from behind. And I don't know how much fight the Mariners still have left in the tank, to be quite honest with you. So if you're starting to project and think big picture with the Yankees, okay, and what is it going to take for them to get to a World Series? You know that you're going to have to go through Houston. You know, in a perfect world, maybe the Astros would have gotten picked off. Maybe the Mariners could have provided a little bit of theater, a little bit of drama, maybe pulled an upset. I just don't think it's happening. You know, because yesterday, you literally, if you were the Mariners, you threw your best at the Astros in the form of Luis Castillo, and they still found a way to come from behind and beat him. And it was Jordan Alvarez again. And Jordan Alvarez is a beast. And if you didn't know that already, he is unbelievable. I mean, he might be the next David Ortiz. You know, with his flair for the dramatic, with all the big knocks that he've got, he's gotten already for the Houston Astros. I mean, if he continues on this pace, that is the type of career that he is heading towards. And unfortunately, if you're the Yankees, you're going to have to deal with him and deal with this baseball team probably for another October and maybe more. But Nestor Cortez today, Shane Bieber. No more days off. Unless you get more rain, 
And which is always a possibility. I mean, I don't know what the forecast holds for Cleveland for the next couple of days, but you got Game 3 tomorrow, and then if necessary, Game 4 on Sunday, and then if there's a Game 5 back in the Bronx coming up on Monday. So baseball for four straight days here, possibly. And what the rainout does, though, if you're starting to project a little bit, and if you're trying to line up a rotation, Nestor, who, make no mistake about it, Nestor has been the most consistent Yankee pitcher all season long. Right? From start to finish, he has been the guy. I know he's not as flashy as Garrett Cole, doesn't throw as hard as Garrett Cole does, maybe doesn't have the stuff. You know, you heard Aaron Boone talking about it the other day with Nestor Cortez, right? He's kind of just like an everyman. He's the type of guy that, you know, when you see him walking down the street, you don't necessarily think of him being a star pitcher on the New York Yankees. But you know what? It works. It's effective. He gets guys out. So, He's probably not going to be available if this series goes the distance for a Game 5, at least for bulk duty. And what I mean by that is, you know, in the playoffs, it doesn't matter if you start the game. I mean, you could start a game and only pitch an inning, but you want the guy to be able to go out there and get the most outs possible. And I don't think Cortez is going to be able to do that for you if you got to come back and play a game on Monday. So you're looking at Jamison Tyone. If this series goes the distance, he will be your guy now in Game number 5. Now, it works both ways, though. Because if the Yankees aren't going to have Nestor to give you all that much in Game 5, well, Cleveland's not going to have Shane Bieber, their best guy. So they're going to be at a disadvantage as well. But you don't even want to think about Game 5. If you're a Yankee fan, Monday does not even factor into the equation. In a perfect world, you want to take care of business this afternoon, you know, lunch hour, soup and a sandwich and a baseball game and a win in the Bronx. That's what you want. And then you want to go and get on a plane and go to Cleveland tomorrow behind Luis Severino and go beat up on Tristan McKenzie and end this series and put your feet up and you wait for whenever the Astros are going to finish off the Seattle Mariners, which game three is going to be tomorrow. Now, I will say this. I got a feeling that the Mariners might get game three because though that game has been sold out for like weeks, the two playoff games in Seattle. Remember, Seattle hasn't been in the playoffs in 21 years. All right, you have people that are born, big Mariner fans, kids, adolescents that have never even seen the Mariners in the playoffs. That place is going to be rocking. So it wouldn't shock me if the Mariners maybe steal game three. Remember, they had leads in the first two games in Houston. And then maybe the Astros could finish it off in four. So I think if you're the Yankees, the rest will certainly benefit you, even though you've only played one game in the last week. But you could get to the finish line here before the Astros do, and then you could be the ones with your feet up, and then you could wait for them. Which, for this Yankee team, which we know they're missing some key bodies, whether it's in the lineup, whether it's with the arms, the rest could do them well. And another reason why you want to finish this series as quickly as possible, aside from the obvious, Game 3, Severino McKenzie. Game 4, if push comes to shove, and remember... If it's a game four, it's a 2-1 series in favor of somebody. Whether it's the Yankees up 2-1 or the Guardians up 2-1. And yeah, Garrett Cole would come back on game four, but so will Cal Quantrill. And don't base Cal Quantrill and your evaluation of him what you saw in game number one the other night. Cal Quantrill is a different beast pitching at progressive field. Okay, At home this year, he made 19 starts. He was 9-0. With a 3-2-8. At home last year, he made 14 starts. He was 6-0 with a 2-3-5. So what am I trying to say? Last two years in Cleveland at home, 
Cal Quantrill has made 33 starts. He's 15-0 with a 2-8-1. The guy is almost unbeatable in that ballpark. So imagine if the Yankees somehow lose the next two and their backs are against the wall and they got to face the guy who is unbeatable in his ballpark. You might want to start thinking about making winter plans. So that's why today's game is critical. Don't make it an elimination situation for your team coming up in game number four. And the other thing, too, is, you know what? Don't give Cleveland an opportunity to wake up here. Because offensively, they have been dormant. They've played three playoff games already, and two of them were against Tampa. They've scored four runs. And they've all come courtesy of the long ball. So you wonder with this lull and not having played a game now in a couple of days, I would think if you're struggling offensively, the layoff is not going to help you all that much. So that's even more reason why the Yankees should go out there and really try to, you know, put their foot on their throat and try to take care of business here on their home field. Don't let this Cleveland team get going offensively. And the, and the Guardians have been a better team offensively in their ballpark this year. A lot of these, like, crazy late-inning comebacks and, you know, Cleveland magic and all the stuff that they've been doing this year, the little engine that could, the youngest team in baseball, the feel-good story, all that stuff. A lot of that stuff was in their building. So don't let them get on track here and then somehow steal this game today and then get back into their ballpark, which is going to be an electric atmosphere. I know that the Yankees dominate the American League Central. Dominate it. Doesn't matter who the team is. Doesn't matter what the year is. The Yankees are always going to find a way to beat whatever team is in the other dugout. And that's why you still have to feel confident about their chances. But, and I've been saying this all throughout the season leading up to October, I'm curious to see what Nestor has in the tank today. I really and truly am. For the simple fact that the first pitch he throws at 107 or whatever the hell time the first pitch is, that's going to be the first pitch he's thrown in the playoffs in his career. And we talk about some of the best pitchers who have ever stepped foot on a mound, you know, i.e. Clayton Kershaw, whose postseason success does not duplicate the brilliance that they show in the regular season. It's a different animal altogether. And on the flip side, you have guys who are maybe just pedestrian, mediocre pitchers during the regular season and somehow, someway rise to the occasion in October. You know, David Wells was one of those guys. Dave Wells was a good pitcher in the regular season. You know, he was, he was uh, you know, good. A couple of very good seasons. But he wasn't like a dominant ace by any stretch. But when the playoffs rolled around, that was the dude. He had a rubber arm. The mentality of, you know what, nobody's going to beat me today. You're going to have to come and take the ball from me with an entire army. Those are the guys you want on your club this time of year. Yankees had a lot of those guys during that run in the 90s and into the 2000s when they were winning World Series. But it's been a long time between drinks. And we'll see if they could get it done today. Yankees Guardians. Game number two coming up just after one o'clock over in the Bronx. You know, Aaron, before we get to the phone calls, Aaron Boone did his weekly uh, spot on the Michael K show yesterday which is over every thursday at four o'clock and he was asked about the postponement having to play game two today now giving up all the off days in the series will the postponement negatively impact this team oh i don't know i mean i think it's both teams have to deal with it you got to deal with different things that come up all the time in the, in the regular season and certainly in the postseason and it's how you handle those things so you know we'll be ready to go tomorrow for an early one i admire his honesty oh i don't know you know, his answer should have been like, well, you know what? 
get back to me and ask me that question again when the series is over. If we won the series, I would say it didn't affect us. But if we lose the series, I'll say sure, absolutely. Blame the rain. How would the pitching look in game number five? We speculated, right, that Nestor Cortez probably won't be able to give you a lot of outs if push comes to shove. What does the manager think would happen? We'll still have JMO available tomorrow, and then we'll kind of adjust as the series unfolds. If you got into a Game 5 scenario, you know, I'd like to think that Nestor would be available on some level, especially for some of their lefties in their lineup to give you another lefty, you know, even if it's for an important inning or something. So, you know, we'll adjust as we have to, but, you know, we got a chance to go out and hopefully get another W and, and another step forward. Like I said, perfect world. Get this thing over with today and tomorrow because game four with Quantrill in that ballpark does not bode well for the visiting team it just doesn't and we gave you the numbers we gave you the data to support it and then lastly Nestor Cortez going today how close was the skipper to naming Nestor the game one starter instead of Garrett Cole No, I wouldn't say I was necessarily close. I would Mm -hmm. just say I've said going into this postseason that, you know, I feel like obviously we're dealing with some injuries. We've lost some guys. We don't have some guys fully back. But one of the areas I feel really good about is our starting pitchers. And I feel like our three starters, and I think even when you expand it to J-Mo and and even Herman, I feel like from a starting pitching standpoint, we match up really well with all the teams in the playoffs. So I looked at it as as kind of a good decision because of the year Nestor's put forth because of how – Debbie looked um, really all year, but then especially since he's come back off the IL, I just feel like we're working from a position of strength. So I just wanted to make sure that I didn't race to a decision. I wanted to talk to some people about it, let it breathe a little bit. And before I made what I thought was the best decision. For $324 million, Cole was not not going to start game number one. I, I mean, let's let's face reality and let's face facts. You know, that's the bottom line here. But hey, you know what? They won the game. So the decision was validated. And now you move on from there. All right, let's go to the phones. Travis in New Jersey is going to be our leadoff hitter. Dan Grassa in for Greeny, 98.7 ESPN. Travis, good morning. How are you? Dan, good morning. How are you? Good, Travis. What's up, bud? Yeah, so obviously, like you said, best case scenario for the Yankees, right? They sweep in three. They set up their, their pitching for the ALCS. But let's play devil's advocate here if... You know, by chance we get to a game four, the Yankees are up two to one. Do you think there's any thought in Aaron Boone's mind to do what the Mets did and maybe pitch Tyone game four and save Cole for either game five or the ALCS game one? Or do you think, you know, obviously that didn't really work out for the Mets. So do you think that uh, that kind of ruined it? For, you mean the uh, way that they the way they manipulated DeGrom? Is that what you mean? Like when you say what the Mets did? Correct, correct. Oh, because when he said what the Mets did, I was like, what, lose in the first round? Um, well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. No, I, I think that in that situation, you want to end it as soon as possible. Like, if you have an opportunity to completely just finish off Cleveland and then get ready for the Astros, well, in all likelihood, the Astros, I think you pitch Cole. Because the also having that extra day now with the rain out, Cole's going to be on regular rest. So he's going to go out there on Sunday, you know what, two, you go Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, so he's going to have four days of rest anyway, so I think that there's no need to mess with him. I agree. I mean, I think absolutely you, you, you kind of just got to end it when you can, right? You don't want to take any of those chances going into a game five. But all right, Dan, I appreciate it. Thanks for taking my call. Travis, you be good. Appreciate the call as always. End it as soon as possible. That's the key. 
end it as soon as possible. And that's why this one is big today. And it's, look, it's going to feel odd, right? I mean, you're expecting, you know, that place to be rocking, full house. That's not going to be the case when this game gets underway. I I mean, it'll probably be like a late-arriving crowd. And, I mean, I don't even know if it's ever going to come close to even a sellout. I wonder what the tickets are going for on the secondary market. Maybe people put them up because once the game was rescheduled, they couldn't go on time. You know, I can't be there for 1 o'clock. I got to work. I got a big meeting. I got to take my kid to soccer. I got to do something. You know, it's difficult in the middle of a week to have an afternoon game, especially one of this importance. Now, coming up on November the 18th, the Michael K. Show is celebrating 20 years on ESPN New York with a live broadcast and after party at the Palladium in Times Square. We're going to have special guests, giveaways, and much more. Tickets go on sale Monday, October the 17th at 4 p.m. For more info, head over to kshow20.com. We hope to see you there. Look at that. They created a website and everything. How about that? They got the webmaster to, to, to create a new site. You go on there, you check it out, all those things. Do you know how to create a web page? I have no clue. No idea. I wouldn't know where to start. You know what's great about the web page, Dan? What's that? When you say K-Show 20, people are going to say, well, what? wait, do I put the number? Do I write it out? Guess what? You can do both. That was going to be my it's next a question. It's zero and a T-W-E-N-T-Y Really? Oh, you could do both. Now, how is that possible? Oh, well, listen, that's for the webmaster. The worldwide internet is amazing, is it Isn't not? It great? Some of the things that you can do? A lot of good stuff on there, though. Check it out. It's fun. And that's where you could buy the tickets? Uh, Ticketmaster will have the tickets on the 17th, I believe. So, no tickets yet. But you can submit a t-shirt, uh, one of your K. LaGreca Rosenberg Buy You t-shirts. Uh, you could take a look at all the stuff we have there. And at some point, we're going to have our top 20 moments in K-Show history up there. Wow. Oh, it's, there's a lot going on, Dan. A lot really? behind the scenes. We're all over it. All over it. So, Ticketmaster is where you get the tickets. That's right. On the 17th, they go on sale. There's probably a surcharge, right? I can't release that information. Well, it's Ticketman, it's Ticketmaster. Most likely. What do you want me to tell you? It's not like I'm breaking any news there. But still, get your tickets regardless. The place is going to be great. I mean, it's going to be... What does that uh, sucker hold? Do we know? Capacity? What are, what are we doing ticket inventory-wise? Like, how many lucky folks are going to be able to attend this thing? Which is going to be great, by the way. Do we have any idea? A couple thousand? Taking a look at it right now, I think 2,100. Wow, look at that. Now, remember, that was the Best Buy Theater. That was the Nokia Theater at some point as well. That's what it is? That's what it is. Where they used to do the Heisman Trophy? That's right. Or still do that. Do they still do the Heisman Trophy thing there? Do they still do that there? Did they do it at Radio City for a while, too? Didn't they do it there for a little bit? No, it used to be at the Garden. Uh, Or no, the the Downtown Athletic Club, it used to be a while, too. We've had Christmas parties or holiday parties there. Not a Hulu Theater situation. Not a Hulu Theater situation, no. Definitely not. Um, 800-919-3776. That is our telephone number. So three games today, in addition to the Yankees and the Guardians. You have, of course, the two series in the National League as well. You're going to have a game number three between the Atlanta Braves and the Philadelphia Phillies. That play, you want to talk about a madhouse. You know, I don't think it's going to be Yankee Stadium today. The Madhouse is probably going to be at Citizens Bank Park later this afternoon for the Braves and the Phillies. Phillies have not played a playoff game in 11 years. So that place is going to be hopping. Spencer Strider is going to be making the start today for the Braves. Remember, he's been sidelined with a little bit of an oblique, although the oblique felt okay enough for him to sign his uh, nice contract extension that the Braves uh, the Braves gave him. I guess, you know, the pain magically goes away when they put, you know, $68 million or whatever it was in front of him. You know, it makes the oblique uh, feel nice, nice and swell. And then he got the Dodgers and Padres tonight in San Diego, Petco Park. I'll, I'll be curious to see 
you know, how much momentum the Padres actually take with them into that these two games at Petco, because they're guaranteed at least both games, because the Dodgers have just dominated the Padres. And that's why I was surprised that San Diego even got one at Dodger Stadium there. And I mentioned this the other day, like if you're a Met fan, because the Padres were the ones that ended your season prematurely, if you're a Met fan, are you right now like rooting hard for the Dodgers or you're just not even paying attention? I actually think it's probably at least... I would say like a 50-50 split to where like you're not even paying attention to the series. To you, the baseball season ended once your team is out of it. And then others are just kind of like holding that grudge, which is, you know, I think that goes hand in hand with being a fan. You know, there's bitterness. There's crankiness. When your team doesn't go as far as you think they should have or as far as you wanted them to, and especially in this town, when you got another team that's still playing baseball. That's probably got to make it even more sour. So, you know, maybe to you, if you're a Met fan, the season just ended already. And you're not even paying attention, which, you know, I totally get. I totally accept it. Anthony just sent this to me, by the way. This is um, a new Seton Hall sports poll. Seton Hall, the university, by the way, not the, the prep school, which, you know, prepares you for the university. Hence the prep. 56% of sports fans... Which is kind of a very loose terminology, don't you think? Because when you say sports fans, that could be, hey, I don't watch a lot of baseball. Basketball's my thing. But yet, if they ask you to respond to this poll, you're going to give your opinion. That's why they say sports fans. 56% of sports fans consider Aaron Judge the rightful single-season home run record holder for Major League Baseball after he hit the 62 home runs this year to break uh, Roger Maris's AO mark of 61. Respondents were told, and this, by the way, comes from ESP. It's an ESPN story, but courtesy of a Seton Hall sports poll. Respondents were told of steroids allegations connected with, I'm glad they had to be told, by the way, uh, with Barry Bonds' MLB record of 73 and the top totals of McGuire and Sosa and the judge is not suspected of PED use. 21% said that they don't consider judge the MLB record holder and 23% said that they don't know or have no opinion. I just can't believe, like, we're still even talking about this. Like, haven't we moved on? Right? I mean, Aaron Judge, by the let, let, let's tell it like it is. I mean, Aaron Judge, you know, he had a great regular season, should win the MVP award. He's going to be wealthy beyond his wildest dreams once we get to the offseason here in a little bit, and he gets a $300-plus million contract from somebody, whether it's the Yankees, whether it's the Giants, whether it's, you know, a team in Japan, whoever. But Aaron Judge the other night, yeah, Ray sitting there saying Japan. I'm like, yeah, they, they they could pay players, Ray. You know, it's going to be up to Aaron if he wants to uproot and move over there. But you know what? They've got money. And the money works there just as well as it does here. So, Yankees won the other night. Despite the fact that Aaron Judge didn't get a hit and struck out three times. I think that's an encouraging sign for one game and one game only. But moving th- forward through this journey in October, if the Yankees are going to achieve, which all the fans want them to, and to get back to a World Series, um, Aaron Judge is going to have to do his part. You know, he's going to have to contribute. And not just, you know, take a free base because teams are going to pitch around you and then pass the baton down to somebody else, whoever's hitting behind them. Right? Like what happened yesterday in that Astros game to where Jordan Alvarez got intentionally walked, and then they just pushed the baton down to Alex Bregman, who was hitting behind him, and then Alex Bregman is the one who delivers the RBI knock to give the Astros a big insurance run and to give them a two-run lead. That's not good in the long term, I think, for the... I don't think it's good in the long term either for the Houston Astros. 
But the difference between the Astros lineup and the Yankees lineup, the Astros have a better lineup top to bottom. They do. You know, they, they really and truly do. So, Judge needs to contribute. What you saw Jordan Alvarez do with those two big swings of the bat in games one and two, that's what eventually the Yankees are going to need from Aaron Judge if they want to get back to a World Series. And I know he had a phenomenal regular season, and I'm not trying to throw cold water on it in any way. He is the MVP. He had a season for the ages. Okay, I'll sit here and champion his cause more than anybody else. But I've also been around here long enough to know that despite the fact he had a magical regular season, if Aaron Judge does not produce in the month of October for the Yankees and they fall short of their goal, that is what fans are going to have as the lingering taste from Aaron Judge's 2022. It's that he didn't get it done when it mattered most. Nate in New Jersey. He's up next here on 9870 ESPN. Nate, good morning. How are you? Hey, good morning, guys. How's, how's everyone doing on this Nate, beautiful Friday? you know Friday? what? We're doing outstanding. How are you doing? I'm, you know, thank God I'm six feet above ground, so I think I'm doing, you know, I'm great. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I have two points. You know, first I want to get to the Yankees, and then I have a Rangers point that I want to get to after that. Uh, Yankees are playing a 1 o'clock afternoon Friday game. It's That's weird. Like, it, it, it's got all the implications of things that can go wrong. There's not going to be a packed stadium. Traffic, no one's going to be able to get until the third, fourth inning for the most part. you got buses, kids coming out of school, people going to work, everything like that. The team itself on an afternoon, Yankees don't do well in, in an afternoon game. You go throughout the season, whether it was a Sunday, a Tuesday, whatever it is, um, for maybe they're lackadaisical. But I you don't know, know, Nate, you know what but it is, though, real quick? I'll, I'll let you finish about that. The difference is, is that in the regular season, more often than not, and, in, and you have rainouts in the regular season, but more often than not, the day games in the regular season are already in the schedule. You know that the day game is coming up, so you can adjust accordingly. This thing today, right. I wouldn't equate it to that because remember, this just happened in the last 24 hours, and Cleveland also has to deal with it, right? So it's not just the Yankees. Both teams were here sitting around in the hotel yesterday doing nothing. Well, Yankees were home, but Cleveland was in the hotel. So both teams had to deal with the postponement. Right. No, that's true. Um, and, and I totally agree with that. So the Rangers point that I want to get to is, listen, they, they've been dominant the last couple of games. And I know it's only the first two games. They took on a great, not a good, a great Tampa team. They knocked them, they knocked them around like it was playing, I don't know, some subpar 500 team. And then they knocked around one of the best teams in the West in the Minnesota Wild. They beat them like by a football score. So, yeah. Uh, where do you see the guys? Where do you see the Rangers going this point on going on in the season? Should we be expecting like a Stanley Cup or bust type of season from them because they got so close last season and because of how dominant they may be this season? I would, Nate, I wouldn't expect any. Uh, certainly, if you're asking me, should the Rangers' expectations be to get back to the conference finals? Absolutely. Why not? And maybe even take it a step further. But see, here's the difference with the Rangers. And, and Nate, thank you very much for the phone call. If, I say if, if the Rangers want to take it one step further this year, the difference is, is that they can't repeatedly, because it happened far too often during the regular season last year especially in the first half of the year. They can't have the goaltender continually bail them out. Right, because there was some major, major defensive lapses last year in the first half of the season, and Igor had to bail them out because he was the best goalie in the league, and he saved their bacon, no pun intended. 
you know, you need a little bit more of a structure from the back end. Um, but in terms of the firepower and the goal scoring ability, I mean, you've seen it already. Not just look the first two games. That is such such a small sample size. But it just flashed what this team is capable of, and they showed you last year what they're capable of. And I thought, how about last night? You know, Filipito, who had seven goals in the playoffs last year, really came into his own, got fans excited, gets a goal here last night already. He didn't have a lot during the regular season last year. A couple of other observations, first couple of games of the season, A, they got to limit the penalties. Too many damn penalties. It's like a conga line to the penalty box. You know, they, they, they need to cut down on those. And... I thought one of the, maybe the turning point of the game last night was second period when it was 3-1 after the Zuccarello goal. They take those two bad penalties and Minnesota's got a five-on-three power play for like a buck 22. Rangers killed it off. Killed it off. And then you had that goal at the end of the second to put him back up by three again. And then there was kind of, you know, third period was kind of odd there when they were trading goals back and forth there. But hey. As long as you're putting uh, goals on the board and lighting the lamp, if you have a couple of lapses, so be it. Rangers are good, but again, it's still so early. You know, tonight when they play Winnipeg, this is going to be the third game in a row to start the season that they're playing an opponent who is playing their first game of the season. Tampa Bay, Minnesota, Winnipeg. I can't believe Winnipeg hasn't played a game yet. Well, they have better things to do. I mean, the season's been going on for like a week already. They say, yeah, you know, Friday. Friday night's good. Yeah, we got nothing going on. That should work out. And speaking of, speaking of the Rangers, last night Chris Kreider was in the zone. Was he not? Scoring his first two goals of the season in a 7-3 Rangers victory over the Wild. He opened the scoring. He closed the scoring last night. Get in the zone is brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Want to guess the weather in Winnipeg, Dan, today? Let me tell you something. Um, I only know this because... I think I heard Don say it last night at the end of the broadcast. Isn't there like snow flurries or some something like that? 34 and snowy. Well, how about this? Yesterday, I did a hit on um, one of the sports radio stations in, in Milwaukee. You know, Jets, Packers. And right before I got on, like I heard them doing like the weather forecast or whatever. And they said like sleet. Sleet in the forecast for Sundays. And I'm like, what? But then I went on weather, uh, weather.com and I checked it out. Like, it, there's no precip for game time, but it is going to be chilly. It's going to be like in the 40s. That's okay. You can live with that stuff. But like bad, I, you don't want like the bad weather and stuff. It's too early. I mean, that's like November, December weather, even for Green Bay. You don't want any part of that. Let's get you the Yankee lineup for the big game number two this afternoon. Aaron Judge leading off in right field. You got Anthony Rizzo at first base. Glaber hitting third at second. Giancarlo, cleanup duties as the DH. Josh Donaldson hitting uh, fifth at third base. And by the way, reports this morning right from the stadium, Anthony, Josh Donaldson has just reached first base. Wow, is that right? Just got there. The rain slowed him up yesterday. But he's the bringer of rain. He is the bringer of rain. So he brought the rain. And as of this morning, he finally just crossed first base. And the first base coach stayed out of his way this time, too. Uh, Oswaldo Cabrera in left field, hitting sixth. You got IKF at shortstop, hitting seventh. Jose Trevino doing the catching, hitting eighth. And Harrison Bader batting ninth in center field, all in support of one nasty Nestor Cortez. And you know what? Aaron Boone met the media a little while ago. He's confident in the guy he's got going to the mound today. 
he's never pitched in the postseason, but I trust in who he is and his makeup, and I know he's going to go out there and compete really well like that's what he does really well is he loves to play the game he's super competitive and i know he won't be you know won't be afraid he'll take it head on and kind of let the chips fall where they may he's ready to go he's prepared and you know hopefully that results in in another strong outing for him boone also talking about the prospect or not the prospect the reality of now playing just two games in nine days it's fine. Enough of that question. We're ready to go. We were prepared for game one with the layoff. We take advantage of the rest, and we're ready to roll. Well, of course it's going to be no more questions, and, and, and enough of the question, because guess what? After today, you can't ask two games in nine days, because then tomorrow it'll be three games in ten days. And then you could ask that question, and on and on and on and on. Math is our friend. Let's say hi to Brian in Florida. He's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Brian, how are you? How you doing? I'll make it quick. Um, just first, before I talked about the Yankees, uh, on the NHL, I was flipping back and forth between the Rangers and the Islanders last night. The NHL referees got to cool it. There's too many penalties. And also, I've been watching the Rangers my whole life. The Rangers need a defensive defenseman in the, in the playoffs to push the but these guys, when they play Tampa, out of the crease. That's what they lack last year. They would have beat Tampa, the Lightning Jacob last Trouba's year. Jacob Trouba's not that guy, though, Brian? Excuse me? Jacob Trouba's not that guy? I, uh, well, I'm just going uh, going back to, to back to the 70s and 80s when they had one guy that just made that was a defensive defenseman that he didn't go he wasn't rushing up or uh, rushing up the zone. Into, uh, well, Brian, remember the, uh, if you're going back to the 70s and 80s, I mean, yeah, you know, breaking news. There's a hell of a lot of things that are different in the world from no, the 70s. I and, that, but you know, the rules are different in hockey. They would be they would be Tampa because they. They needed a guy just to push somebody out of the crease in front of the goaltender. You know what I'm saying? I, of course. You want that physical element. But, you know, the refs are also going to be mindful of that. And there's certain things that you can't do. But, hey, you know what? Two games into the season, worry about the playoffs and playing Tampa and so no, on and I so forth a long just, ways away. I just think the Rangers are an excellent team. And they're just lacking that one strong guy just to push push him out uh, out of the crease and, you know, clear it I out. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Yep. Okay. What else? Okay. Okay. Turn it to the Yankees. The thing I don't like, uh, I would put Aaron Judge either third or fourth. I don't want Aaron Judge uh, uh, leading off because you want guys on to, to him to drive in runs. You know what I'm saying? I, I understand what Aaron Boone is coming coming from, but I disagree. I would put Aaron, uh, Judge number three or fourth. Yeah, I, I mean, conventionally speaking, I mean, if you want to you know, go back to another era of baseball, Brian, and I thank you for the phone call, yeah, a guy like Aaron Judge, he's hitting third, he's hitting fourth. But nowadays, it's different. Nowadays, your best hitters, more often than not, is almost batting second in the lineup, the way things are constructed. And in the case of Aaron Judge, the reason that they're doing it is is because they want to get him as many at-bats as possible, right? That's why he's leading him off. Now, it's also going to be incumbent upon the guys behind him, and in this case, Anthony Rizzo and Glaber Torres, to be able to pick up the slack. Like I said, I brought it up earlier, what the Mariners did to the Astros. You know, they they, they pitched around and they walked Jordan Alvarez, and then it was Alex Bregman who made them pay. That's what Rizzo, that, that's what Glaber, and then maybe even John Carlo are going to have to do if the same situation finds the Yankees like that this afternoon. But also, when you have a leadoff hitter, You're also counting on the fact that the guys at the bottom of that lineup are going to find a way to get on base. And in this case, Trevino, Harrison Bader, to where then Judge is going to be able to step into the batter's box with a chance to drive in some runs. 
right? So it works both ways. You flip the lineup around. You want to make it one kind of just endless circle. But well, I, I have no issue with it. I had no issue with it throughout the season when they were trying to get him all of his at-bats so he could set the record and hit the home runs. That's, that, that's just baseball nowadays. It's different than the way it used to be. I'll tell you, you know, Brian worrying about the playoffs already with the Rangers. You know, God love him, really. But guys, relax. Enjoy this. A couple of nights ago, I had some guy calling me about the, the Yankees and, and home field advantage in the World Series. Like, right after they won game one, like, that was his pressing concern about home field advantage in the World Series. Like, you're two rounds away still. Relax. Enjoy the moment. Stop and smell the roses. Stop and smell the coffee. Whatever the hell it is that you like to smell, smell it. Enjoy it. Anthony Pusick is as big a Ranger fan, maybe, that, that, that is on this earth. And I don't think he's worrying about the playoffs just yet. I think Sammy Blay is one of those guys that could uh, that could play. And he hasn't played yet, by the way, because we're two games into a Sammy into Blay is like season. the Loch Ness Monster. It's like, we just hear about him, but we don't really see him that often. Right. I'm I don't not, even, I don't I'm even not think, worried about that yet. I don't really. even think Anthony is worried about Winnipeg tonight. I'll tell you what. Game great, number three. Great picture, Don LaGreca. On the charter right now. With Sam, Sam Rosen, Rosen. right? Oh, you got that picture too? I saw the picture. Oh, what a picture that was. He sent it out to the worldwide internet. Oh, he did? He did. It See, was I a... got it in a text message. Oh, you got the text? I got the text message. I wasn't on the chain. Sans chain. Don't feel left out. No, I don't feel left out at all. Not, 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 I, I'm not even going to spend a second thinking about not being on the chain. It was probably a K-show situation. There, there you go. Right? That's right. A K-show chain, which is, you know, expected. I totally understand that. But, look, Yankees will see how they fare this afternoon. It is a big one. But don't give Cleveland a reason to feel confident early in this game. You're not going to have much of a crowd there, but the ones that are there, give them them a reason to cheer. A couple of people are tweeting me, by the way. I meant to mention that with the, uh, the tickets. The secondary market for a lot of the seats dropped down to almost like face value yesterday, which... Depending on where the seats are located, that's still a pretty penny. I mean, I, I don't know what the prices are, but I was just basing it for curiosity's sake. Like last week when the Mets were still a thing, I went online just to see like what their ticket prices were. And that was the wild card round. So I would think those were probably even cheaper than what the division series prices are. Because baseball sets those prices. It's not the Yankees. It's all Major League Baseball. We'll see. We'll see what happens. 